Welcome to another episode of the Modern Agile Show. I am here with my friend Woody Zool. We are together at Lean Agile US in Fort Lauderdale. It is very nice to be with you here. Yeah, it's great to see you again. I think we wanted to do this interview in Australia a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we never got around we to it. We only had two weeks together. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. But anyway, we had a lot of fun down there. So. Yeah. Um, it is a pleasure to be with you, Woody. Um, you are an uh, Agile instructor, Agile writer, Agile teacher, um, guide. You've been involved in some wonderful, incredible things. The father of mob programming. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll accept that. That's <laughs> close. I'm probably the cousin of mob programming. Oh, no, I don't like think that. so. And, and of course, uh, one of the leading uh, pioneers of no estimates. Yeah, and, that's true. Um, and you, you also do other things like refactoring and teaching yeah. workshops like that. So yeah. that's that's awesome. All, all around great guy. And um, this is a pleasure. So we get to talk about whatever we want for cool. some time here. Um, I thought that maybe you might want to talk about mob programming. I don't know. Is sure. That <laughs> no, that's, well, that's, that's the, my favorite topic. Okay. And I think it really jives well with the work you've done over the years. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the basic idea is... Software development is a human activity, and we work with other people really throughout the whole process. So let's figure out how to work well together, yes. and that's essentially all mob programming is. That is a very eloquent and simple way to describe it. Um, and and you came to it at a company in Southern California, right? Yeah, Hunter Industries, mm -hmm. manufacturer of uh, irrigation parts, uh, irrigation systems for uh, for landscaping. Yeah. So very unrelated to software development, although they use a lot of software development. And what led you to mobbing? Because prior to that, you were what were you doing, and what led you to it? Ah, uh, yeah. So probably I'd say the last ten years uh, leading up to that was me trying to figure out how to introduce agile concepts at the companies I was working at, and at the same time, maybe a little beyond agile. So Agile takes it so far, but there's way more to it than just Agile. And just the simple activities of day-to-day -day life are a part of every programmer's life. You'll see if you're working with someone every day, they're gonna, be, they're gonna have a different mood, a slightly different approach. And I was trying to learn, uh, how do we keep working well together day after day when we're in this imperfect world of people who have, you know, I'll just give a simple scenario. If that morning you had to take your dog to the vet, and you're worried about your dog all day, you're going to work differently than the day before when you didn't have to do that. That's right. So all these interactions throughout the day, it's not just about our work or it's not just about, oh, that guy's a jerk. Mm. It's that, boy, they've got pressures in their life and we've got pressures in our life. Mm. And how are we going to work together? Yeah. So that's a big part of it. So, um, but at Hunter, you were, were you doing non-mobbing, non I'll say, right? Yeah, so when, we got, when I came on, uh, there was somebody working there that I'd known for years and they wanted to promote her to being the manager of this group. And she didn't want to be a manager, she wanted to keep coding. And she suggested, suggested that they interview me. So when I came on, I, I had two main goals. One was I, I wanted to help this team move past the things that were blocking them and become a highly effective team. And at the same time, maybe it's a very selfish thing, I wanted people to say, oh, Hunter, I'd love to work there. <laughs> so I've been in enough places where people would say, you know, they would tell their friends, you know, you won't want to work here. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be someplace where you could tell your friends, you'd love working here, you should come. Yeah. 
So we started setting up for that, and the way that I uh, focused on it was five or six things that I think are important. One is, if you have technical debt and a lot of it, you have to learn not only how to get rid of the technical debt, but not how, how to not create it. And maybe technical debt's the wrong term. If you've got code that's difficult to work on and, and everybody hates it, let's get rid of it somehow. We've got to figure that out. Yes. Uh, another thing that's really important to me is the let's work well together. And if we are six programmers working in six cubicles, oh. our chances for working together are rather slim. Yes. And then we divide ourselves even further in this case by most of them are working on different things. <laughs> so I'm working on this project, you're working on that project. Our chance for collaboration is quite narrow. Mm. Someone else is doing nothing but bug fixes on another project and so on. So those two things were kind of a start, but let's add to that that I believe we need to study together. Mm -hmm. Studying together... I'd learned this a few years earlier, is that when the pressure of work is off, we can be more the person we want to be. Mm -hmm. And then we start liking each other because mm -hmm. we're helping each mm -hmm. other. You, you don't help someone because you like them. You like them because you help them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, it started growing that way. And then two more things. One that's really important to me is that we get good at getting value from our retrospectives. Mm. Not that we do them because it's a ceremony we do, mm -hmm. but we do them because it's bringing us value, it's helping us. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is with our retrospectives, we used, or we follow this technique of uh, turn up the good. If yeah. something's working for us, then why do we think it's good and how do we increase that goodness? It's like going to the, like you're at a hotel like we're at right now, and uh, they have a buffet, you know, and they, you know, there's three different desserts. Uh, what do you do? You go and get the one you think you'll like, but boy, you take a bite of it, and you go, no, I didn't like that. You're not going to eat any more of it. You take another one, you go, I like that, and you're going to get more of it. So <laughs> let's, you know, let's look for the good, and when we find it, let's turn it up. Mm -hmm. So those little things were, that's what I basically bring with me as my philosophy. Yes. And, and I think Agile itself is sort of, if not completely, it's really closely aligned to it mm -hmm. uh, with that first manifesto uh, value of individuals and interactions. Yes. I've never found a way, you can't hire a really excellent programmer mm -hmm. with getting all their flaws as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's really about the individuals. Now, from my perspective with Modern Agile, I see you bringing, uh, creating a tremendously safe environment. It's about that safety. So make safety a prerequisite. The individual interactions in a mob, it seems to me what you're saying is, yeah, people are going to come to work sometimes and they're not going to be themselves or they're going to be a little off. And you've created an environment where they can be safe to be whoever they are that day. Yeah, yeah. That's remarkable. So let's talk about that for a minute. That doesn't come for free and it's not easy. Yeah. So we can say it's easy. Uh, but there's humans who are naturally adept at it. Yeah. And maybe it's just from their background. What did they do in their lives that led them to this state where they're more able to feel that, uh, the sense what the people around them are feeling. Right. But boy, as a team, we have to figure it out. We used a little technique for that. Uh, one day we were uh, noticing we were really getting on each other's nerves. Mm -hmm. And one of the team members had been uh, navigating another person, and they were getting shorter and shorter and louder and louder with their navigation. This is something you got to watch out for. It's like so, when you're guiding someone else, you got to treat them nicely, and that wasn't happening. In other words, there's a person at the keyboard and mouse, and this is a, a navigator who's tell, saying what to do. Yeah, so the, other, the, the rest of the team is the navigators, and usually when we're putting code into the computer, there's someone who's got the idea, 
uh, well enough to guide someone else to key it in. Yeah. So, you know, it can be really simple. Like, uh, click on the uh, uh, undo button. No, the undo button. The one to the right. No, the right. No, no, the other right. You know, you, they use these techniques, and pretty soon we're, we're irritating each other instead of working well together. So we gather together in a room, to, uh, to a quiet room, to do a little exercise where we would talk about and then put on the post-it notes how we each wanted to be treated. Mm. How do I want to be treated? Yeah. And we each wrote that down. An example would be somebody writes down, I want to be treated as if I'm an equal. Yeah. Somebody else writes down, I want to be treated you know, with a little bit of humor. Don't just accept it that uh, you know, uh, I understood what you said. Stuff like that. Yeah. And when we were done with that exercise, we had about 100 post-it notes. That's a lot of post-it notes. That is. And we gathered them into groupings, and we found three words that were the overall theme. And we adopted this as our, as our uh, agreement of working with each other. We want to be treated with kindness, consideration, and respect. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not good at that myself, and mm -hmm. some of the other team members weren't as well. Mm -hmm. We didn't know. We would already be doing that if we knew how to do it. Right. So uh, we made this little kind of a pact with each other. For one day, let's pretend like we're kind, considerate, respectful people. Each one of us will pretend like we're the person everyone else would want us to be. <laughs> and that's easy to do for a day. Yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, we, did, we would do this end of day retrospective every day, mm -hmm. five minutes, mm -hmm. what went well. And everybody said, boy, that was a lot better. Just pretending that we could be nice to each other. For that one day. For one day. So, of course, turning up the good is, let's do that again let's tomorrow. Do it again. And after uh, two or three days, people started looking up, well, what's interfering with us being nice to each other? And uh, we learned, started learning, well, how do you listen to someone else? Mm -hmm. How do you... Uh, another uh, really important one is when, when people have a thought they're started, they might have some gaps in their sentences as they're forming those thoughts, that's not the time for you to jump in right. and say, oh, I think we need to this. You just let them get to the end of their thought. Mm -hmm. Another good one is when you're giving someone direction, you're now paying attention. Yes. Rather than just giving the direction, expecting them to automatically know what you're talking about. Right. So I could go on and on, but that's one of the examples. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is about working well together. Yeah. And I know I, I say this everywhere I go. Uh, so your listeners have probably heard this, but um, I think I'm a much better person today mm -hmm. than I was five or six years ago when we started doing this. Yeah. Because it was daily focus on being a nicer person. Yep. I still, I'm not just rough around the edges, I'm rough through and through, but um, I'm still, uh, I feel I've progressed a lot Fantastic. just by that experience. Yeah, and this is consistent with what you said earlier, which was that the retrospectives are, are super important for finding ways to improve. And, yeah. and, and you're, yeah. you're, you're telling a story that shows that in action. You know? Yeah, so I would ask anybody who is having trouble with the retrospectives uh, to consider doing a tiny retrospective at the end of every day. Ah, yes. Now, I, I don't necessarily recommend doing it, except for I recommend giving it a try. Mm -hmm. Because I really feel uncomfortable saying, this is going to solve your problem. Mm -hmm. But I was showed that, I think, by, uh, by Ainsley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Ainsley Niece, yeah. Niece, or maybe Mary Poppendick, I'm mm -hmm. not sure, which, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, mm -hmm. they said, oh yeah, here's, a, here's something you can try. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if they tried it. They just said, here's something you can try. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we just I just got finished talking to Colleen Johnson yeah. about continuous retrospectives yeah. and the ability to, you know, do those. So it's, it's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So this is bordering on that. Yeah. And so the, the, then we started a practice we call just-in-time retrospectives. Oh, okay. So that's... So that's anytime that's... someone noticed something, yeah. uh, they would say, 
we should reflect on that right now. That's right. Yeah. That is continuous retrospective, yeah. and, and that's awesome. Yeah. That actually that. worked really well, too. Uh, as The team members got better and better at noticing things. Yes. That, that's, paying attention is, is half the game, maybe. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. And, and somehow, like, by, by stopping immediately, you know, and having that retrospective, um, the value of the thoughts, the value of, yeah. of that, it's yeah. immediate. And to me, this is delivering value continuously. Yeah. It's like saying, aha, there's a valuable lesson for us to learn here. Yeah. Again, experiment and learn rapidly. So how can we leverage that now rather than waiting yeah. uh, even to the end of the day or even to the end of the week or the end of the sprint? I know we don't do, we don't, we can talk about the sprints in a minute. Um, but well, but you're making a really good point because we, when we're trying to manage our time, we will often think that that will interrupt what we're doing yeah. if we break for that. Right. But, but I think there's, it's not even a trade-off. It's kind of like we're going to lose the value of this if we don't note it right now. That's right. If tomorrow we say, well, I made a note about something that happened yesterday, mm-hmm. just getting us all back into the same context can be impossible. Yeah. I don't think we work, I don't think the human brain works in such a way that we can pull all that feeling back uh, a day later. Right, it's right there, it's immediate. It yeah. just happened, it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah. And, and the work can wait because it's, it's the team is like a learning machine. Right. Uh, oh, that's a good way to think about it. And so the more that learning machine learns, the more the, the more high performing it can be. Yeah. So um, to me, well, that's, that's a great point. That's, I like that. Well, I, 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 we, we see it when we mob. And, and yeah. you know, I should say to the members here watching, uh, you know, we industrial logic, we've been mobbing for many, many years now and helping our customers mob and multi mob, which is setting up lots of mobbing stations for one team that they can you know, uh, oh. do, and of course you guys do that at Hunter, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. Multi, is that term you guys use, multi I don't know if they do. I'd have to check, because I mean, oh. I, I get back there about, I don't know, once a month maybe, or okay. a couple, three times a year at least. To Hunter. So, uh, to Hunter, yeah. I'm not sure of, they're trying all kinds of stuff. Matter of fact, that's something else I really like to share. Uh, when I left there, uh, I had felt that there were things that, uh, that they had learned, yeah. but they were depending on me yes. to keep it going. And I, I really felt I needed to let them uh, become the full uh, mob programmers that they were going to become mm-hmm. without leaning on me. Yes. And probably in some other ways, I would be holding them back without even knowing it. Yeah, sure. I think we tend to do that. I see this with parents with their kids. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, he got a traffic ticket. And we got to, you know, and then they pay the traffic ticket for the kid who should, you know, Go and earn that money and pay that traffic ticket themselves. That's right. Don't take parenting advice from me. <laughs> but my daughter really turned out wonderfully. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, one example is not uh, is not the rule. So I don't have I didn't have twenty kids to practice with. Right. So, but I really want to make that. I think that that's what I, I felt is that the team yeah. will grow into its fullness mm-hmm. if they don't lean on the, the the thing that got them there. And I I felt yeah. that that was necessary. What if a team adopts mob programming but doesn't retrospect? doesn't deal with those impersonal problems and, and personality things and stuff that come up. Yeah, that's a good point because I think in Agile, overall the concept in Agile is to frequently review how things are going. Yes. And uh, I'm yeah. not sure, like the example I often give is uh, I try to maintain my weight when I'm traveling. Uh, you, you get extra desserts and extra food and people go, oh, we just got here, let's all go out to eat. So you get more meals than you would ever eat. So I got to really watch it. Yes. When I'm at home, I can weigh myself every morning and go, mm, I overdid it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk more today and eat less today. Right. So that reflection every day yes. is a habit. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have the habit, uh, 
things will creep up on us yes, until we can't handle them. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's uh, this is the same with everything. I remember uh, as a kid, uh, I had a leak in a radiator in a truck, and I just kept filling it up. And one day I forgot to fill it up, overheated, cracked the block. Uh, that's yeah. Expensive. So that's a good lesson to learn when mm-hmm. you're young. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you gotta tend to these things as they occur, mm-hmm. not uh, wait till next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I don't really have a lot of great advice. We'll, we'll, I'm not sure a team can last very long yeah. if they're not reflecting. Yeah. And this is where coaches come in really well. And I'm not going to talk about coaches as being software development coaches, but coaches in a, like a sport. Yes. Uh, when I was a kid, I ran track in high school. I was only passable. Mm-hmm. I could win maybe every now and then. But uh, I remember one day I won a race and my coach came over. And I was expecting him to just you know be so ecstatic I had done so well. And he said, yeah, good race, good race. But, you know, that last quarter, I was running the two-mile. Nobody even runs two-mile anymore. It's called something else now. I measure it differently. 880? Well, or that's the a... 440? The 440s. 440 is a quarter mile. Quar- so, so it'd oh, be a, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. a two-mile would be closer oh, to yeah, that's, yes, some kind right. of K, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know how many. Anyways, um, so I, the, the last uh, half a lap, I had pretty much sprinted and... and got away from the rest of the pack really a lot. Wow. And my coach came over to me and said, you know, that, that probably felt pretty good, but your time isn't as good as it would have been if you'd used that energy through the rest of the race. Oh. So by saving that much energy to the end of the race, you lost your chance of improving your time. Ooh. Now, that taught me an important lesson, and it's this, that the coach can observe things that you don't yet understand or can't observe. Yep. One of the things that really worked well for me during that time was my coach said, the way you're placing your left foot, uh, you're going to hurt yourself soon. Mm. So let's learn to put your foot at a slightly different angle. Mm. Uh, the coach is watching for things wow. that you can't know yourself. Yes. This, was a, this was an important life lesson. Oh, yes. Because we, when you're on the team, you can't observe all the things because you're focused on the work. Mm-hmm. That's part of why we should practice together yep. so we can take that, change that role. And maybe on the team, you should switch out the role of a coach and say, for a while, why don't you watch the rest of the team and see what's going on, and then I will, then they will. And we have to find a way if you don't have a permanent coach. Someone that's a slightly outside and their main job is to pay attention to what's going on. Just observing, yeah. Just observing. Almost like a journalist, yes. Oh, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I know you're also passionate about the team learning. So, and a lot of your teams, you give them time. Yeah. And yeah. is it is it what's the frequency of that? Well, at first, before we were mob programming, it was every Friday for three hours. Yes. And it, the, we individual study. So we gave it the everyone had an option. I bought three books for everybody. Uh, one was uh, I think it was Clean Code. Uh, Refactoring to Patterns. No, I, I, Refactoring to Patterns. Oh, really? Clean code and working I'm effectively flattered. with legacy code. I was going to save that for last. You spoiled the surprise. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I want people to Absolutely. Those buy the books. book, yeah. buy many copies of the book. Yeah, you need yeah. Kindle. You need everything. Yeah, I want the Audible version. <laughs> oh, I need to make that. I actually need to update, update that book, but that sounds right. So, so, but the, here's the thing. I, th- I did get those three books and a library of other books that we could share, but those three books for every developer. Mm. And I didn't expect anybody to do anything with them, but by making them available, yeah. you are hinting at, it, we honor the learning here. Uh, but we set aside three hours, so it's totally voluntary. You want to come study with the rest of the group, you can. Mm. If you want to stay at your desk and study, you oh, can. that's wonderful. You know, if you want to stay and work on something, you can. There's no rule. 
But if you come with the group, we need to decide how are we going to study together. Yes. And this was the beginnings. This was pre-mob programming. Mm-hmm. This was the beginnings of it. We were doing a coding dojo, mm. just the typical uh, group coding dojo where you have five or six people, maybe more, and you switch out the pair every few minutes. So everybody's kind of, of observing. Yep, like a fish tank. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, and so the pair itself, uh, we had a very strict rule. The observers, everybody who wasn't part of the pair, could not talk. They could just listen. Right. The, the person at the keyboard could talk, but they could only ask clarifying questions mm-hmm. of the navigator, right. which would be the other person. Yeah. They had to know where are we going next mm-hmm. and what steps we're going to take. Mm. Now, if the navigator themselves didn't know what to do, we had a simple rule. Explain what it is you don't get about this. Mm-hmm. So the next person has an idea of how to help you yeah. as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Now, another simple rule we followed was you can never say... Uh, I don't like what we've done, delete it. <laughs> you could only refactor, as long as we had a, at least one running test, because yeah. uh, we, we always yeah. kept the tests running, uh, passing. Mm-hmm. As long as you had at least one running test, you had to refactor to your idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, say your idea at the highest level of intent, and then, uh, and then guide the person at the keyboard at whatever level of detail they need, mm-hmm. and say it enough, uh, clearly enough, the level of intent so the next person can follow your intent. So we chose this way of practicing. Mm -hmm. We offered ourselves anyway. So I shared the three or four coding dojos uh, styles that I knew and asked the team who's got another idea. Because we could do a book. I used to do book study groups. You buy buy everybody a copy of a book and you you read through it and work the examples. Mm -hmm. Whatever. They chose to do this because it's actually a lot of fun. Nice. And after, uh, I would say, three or four weeks of doing it, we had become pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. Here's the trick. Keeping your mouth shut for four or five turns until you're the navigator is tough to do. Mm-hmm. So it's a good lesson. You can practice this mm-hmm. uh, with your team. It's a way to learn to listen to other people. Yeah. Because you're, nobody's interrupting the navigator. Mm-hmm. The driver has to follow the instructions, so it's good for advanced developers mm-hmm. to, uh, to have the patience to just... Do what they're asked to do. Mm-hmm. And th- th- yeah, did this influence mob programming? Well, I think this was so. There were, I think there were four or five things that led up to it, and yeah. this was one of them. One of them I think that. that the learning to be quiet yeah. uh, was not an intention, yeah. but it's the result. Yeah. And that learning to be quiet made our first mob programming sessions extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when it, when it, we broke through the mob programming one day, uh, there was a project that uh, we had had uh, that the team. Two of the people I think on the team uh, had worked on before, and I put it on the back burner when I got there. I have this uh, bit of a philosophy as well. If we're having trouble writing the programs that we're supposed to be writing, mm-hmm. then maybe we need to learn some stuff before, before we try to write those programs. Absolutely. So let's wait till we build our skills. And we were trying to learn the clean code kind of skills, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they were learning them. I, one of the important things I wanted was I didn't want to say to anybody, boy, your code is terrible. Yeah. I no. wanted them to tell me, boy, my code is terrible. <laughs> so how are they going to learn that yeah. but by doing these coding dojos? That's right. Where we were learning what bad code looks like. We did yeah. some refactoring dojos mm-hmm. or katas yep. and some, uh, like the bowling and tic-tac-toe mm-hmm. and so on. Sure. One day it was time to start working on one of these projects. And the, um, the, the people that worked on it before, uh, they said, we're going to go look at it and refresh our memory about it. So they came back after about an hour and they almost exactly said, boy, this code is terrible. <laughs> and I thought, inside of me, I thought, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. On the outside, I said, oh, well, what do you want to do? Right. 
And they said, well, I'd like, we'd like to gather the whole team together, that's the six of us or whatever, in a room and look at the code and decide what are we going to do because we have a three-month or four-month deadline now. Uh, Sounds like mobbing to me. Th- yeah. and that's so, so a lot of things led to that. Right. Yeah. We gathered together to look at the code, mm-hmm. but as soon as we started looking at it, there's a thing they call now, they call it a read-by refactoring. Yes. You that? That's Arlo's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so at that time, that's what we were doing. That's before we had heard of it, but our idea always was, if you don't understand the code, start... Start refactoring until you understand it. And, and pretty soon you will understand it, and the next time you look at it, it will be easier. Sure. So that's what we started doing. Someone on the team literally said, and I'm not sure if it was the person at the keyboard, but let's pretend it was. They said, oh, look at that. There's a long method. Well, how do you tell there's a long method? If, you, if you've got to scroll more than one, uh, one screen worth, yep. you probably should refactor it. That's right. And they said, oh, and we know how to fix that. And they stood up, gave the keyboard to someone else, mm-hmm. and started guiding them through that refactoring. Mm-hmm. But a big change happened. The rule that we had that no one else can talk we, we didn't follow. Mm. As soon as we started refactoring, somebody else said, oh, wait a second. Uh, do this. That, yeah, that automatic refactoring just introduced a uh, uh, in-out uh, parameter. You know what I'm talking about? Like sure. that. Yeah, we don't like those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a rule that we try to follow is don't have those. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so they said, oh, yeah, look at that. So undo the refactor, <laughs> and then let's, uh, let's figure, maybe we've got to put that into a, uh, maybe a parameter object or something like that. Yeah. And, off we went, yeah. helping each other as we went, mm-hmm. never stumbling over each other. So this is this, uh, we probably got to close the show out here, but uh, this, this is uh, wonderful. It's really, to me, what, what you're telling me is this is rooted, mobbing is rooted in learning. It's rooted in learning. Yeah. Yep. Well, so I want to share an idea. I don't yeah. want to interrupt you. Please. Have you read the paper uh, from Sturman and Repenning? I hope I say their name right. The one that's called, uh, Nobody Ever Gets Credit for Solving Problems That Didn't Happen. No, I've never read that. It's a short, nice paper. Mm. There are a couple of professors at MIT. Yeah. And their basic premise is uh, we are always solving problems and not setting us up to not have those problems. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to do it? We can do it by increasing our capability. And their premise is we should spend more time improving our capability than doing the work we're supposed to be doing. Mm. Well, if that's true, and I think it is, because at, at, at Hunter, we grew to eight hours a week of study. Yeah. We started with three, and we grew to eight. I think we should spend it over half our time uh, learning. learning how yeah. to improve our capability yeah. and not uh, yeah. setting that as like, oh, yeah, study at home or listen to podcasts as you go to work. Or that's something very like that. consistent, I think, with the Toyota way and, and, oh. and basically stopping the line. You're stopping the line constantly to learn. Yes, so if we observe something and don't stop the line, yeah. uh, that's bordering on uh, neglect. That's right. Maybe I'm going to hold this up because I think something from this probably relates yeah. to what we just said. Well, experimenting and learning, of course, is, is so key. And uh, ultimately, you're trying to make people awesome. So, yeah. I mean, whatever you're building, that software, if it's high quality, and I know you guys yeah. produce high quality code, then there will be high quality products. And the people, I've, I've met people who use Hunter products, and yeah. they... Love them. I mean, they absolutely well, love those products. I, I'll, I'll do a plug for them. I don't even work there anymore, but I'll say this. When I bought my home um, 15 or more years ago, we had a hunter, there were hunter sprinklers mm. in our lawn, mm. and they are still there, and they're still working. You know, and, <laughs> Is your code in them? Or, uh... So that was non-code stuff. Oh, I mean, that's just okay. the highest Pre- quality yeah. uh, product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I'm amazed with it. I, I've always enjoyed, uh, I've known of them for years, and I've used their products, but 
I'm not trying to sell this, their stuff. It's oh, just, no, it was great not. to work at a place where their byline uh, currently is built on innovation. Oh, beautiful. And so software is about innovation, mm -hmm. and if we don't take time to innovate, uh, we're probably losing out. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Woody. It's been yeah. a real pleasure. Thank um, you. Hey, uh, subscribe to The Modern Agile Show. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we really appreciate all the uh, views, and uh, thanks, thanks again for watching.